Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Masuda, joined here by Mitch Rebar. Mitch, here we go. A couple uh, weeks out from the draft now. We're kind of sitting the verge of the schedule release, which I guess is a, you know, a big deal for, for some people. Uh, but we're mostly kind of sifting through the offseason. Uh, we're going to hit uh, some of your fantasy rankings today because uh, those just came out and we're kind of full steam ahead into figuring out what is going to be happening for the upcoming season. So uh, with all that said, how are you doing today? <laughs> good good yeah like you said this is kind of uh you know the nfl is basically as everything all, all the foundations set for the 2022 season the schedule release will kind of be the final thing and then we'll have kind of a couple weeks here till we get like you know otas and then training camp but this is kind of like the the whole concrete has been poured and we're kind of really just looking at 2022 kind of in bulk now yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, so I I started writing some things uh, on the site about like we since the off season is pretty much done, we kind of saw what teams are are doing, and I think that's one of the fun things of the off season, uh, where between free agency and the draft, teams are kind of they're telling you what they think about themselves uh, and where they need to go. So uh, I wrote about the Chargers, how they need to you know figure out some defense. I'm going to be writing about the the Chiefs, who are basically going to dare teams to run too high against them now, uh, the way they're set up. Um, so we have some some things like that, and we'll continue going out through uh, the off season. Just kind of like like you said, there's there's a couple of we've literally said this, I think every week, there's still some big name free agents that are out there um, that, you know, can make an impact uh, this year. Um, So we'll, we'll still see where a couple of those guys lands, Uh, you know, the big, big moves are happening. Like the the bears are are signing every, um, you know, backup wide receiver that has, uh, that has ever been on, on the field for, for some team. We got, um, Hey, Dante Pettis had a touchdown for the Giants last year. Yeah, a touchdown. I mean, that that put him up as like one of the leaders. Yeah, I mean, there was like a stretch where Dante Pettis had the last receiving touchdown for the Giants wide receivers for like an eight-week span. Yeah, so there we go. I mean, all all of Justin Fields' problems are, are solved now. Tajay um, Sharp, but lighten it up, man. Yeah, man. There, there we Velas go. Velas Jones just turned 25, so he can rent a car now like the rest of us. Uh, so, you know, props to him. It's uh, good, man. Um, and we also got uh, big breaking news. Uh, Jared Stidham uh, getting traded to the, the Las Vegas Raiders. So we're going to do about 45 minutes on that and, and what it means for, uh, for, the, for the Raiders. Remember when there was a Jared Stidham, Cam Newton? Oh, God. Remember that? We, I do. We, there was a lot of time spent on that. <laughs> and then I mean, it turns Stidham out it who didn't ran matter. Malik Willis out of Auburn. Uh, no, wasn't it Bo Nix? Uh, no, I think Stidham was, right? was, was the it? quarterback. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So th- those are those are the uh, those are the big NFL moves uh, that are going on right now. So um, our actual show today is going to be talking about uh, some some fantasy rankings and, and getting into that early. Rich has done. Um, Coming out of the draft, since we pretty much you know know who who is on what roster, um, for the most part, Rich has gone through all of the fantasy rankings. He's done all of the positions. We have a big, uh, was there a top three hundred? Um, two, two uh, three hundred for dynasty, two hundred for seasonal. We've got top two hundred rankings for you know all formats, and I know a lot of people are saying, ah, oh, fantasy. May 12th, but yeah, there are some monster, monster tournaments that are already going and people are drafting. So if you want to get into some of these big prize pools, like Underdog has a best ball mania tournament that's two million up top. They're not like listen, they're not a sponsor of the show, not promoting us, but like 
I'm going to get in, fire some bullets to try to win $2 million. Why not? That's yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, I, I think I, I might be, uh, I might become a best ball guy this year. I've done like one draft every year, but I, I might, I might hit. Yeah, no in season management seems like in your lane, you know, you don't have to worry about it. You've got a lot of things going on through the week. You don't want to make transactions. You just want to draft your team and set it and forget it. Yeah. Considering how, good i am at, at fantasy otherwise um that, that probably uh it seems more up my alley yeah and for those that don't know best ball is a format where you just draft and the sites just plug in your optimal lineup every week you don't set any lineups it just takes your highest scores and that's your highest scoring lineup and may the best man win at the end yeah there we go so yeah woman. sorry i don't want to get i don't want to get canceled already it's it's only 10 a.m here yeah absolutely <laughs> so when with all this fantasy stuff coming up because like it, it is going to be coming sooner than you think and there are some like we're both in dynasty leagues you said you've been drafting some some rookie drafts already i have oh, yeah. some rookie uh drafts coming up like fantasy football is is always happening um for for a lot of people so um we'll just even with this we'll give you just some some early rankings and we're going to dive into uh the quarterbacks today because um you know, it's it's an interesting fantasy conversation, right? Because for a while they were quarterbacks to fantasy were or running backs to real football, right? Yeah. Where like it, it, <laughs> it the the quality didn't uh, exactly matter because you were able to because there was so much quality, right? You were able to get all of these. Uh, all of these good quarterbacks you could wait on a quarterback um you know shout out uh jj zacharyson late round quarterback the the one who, who pretty much started um that entire revolution um but i kind of feel like over the past couple of years with how a couple of quarterbacks have really like stood up at, at the top we've, we've seen a little bit of a swing back and, and we've seen some more you know uh leagues are going to more two quarterback leagues i think we're seeing uh more super flex leagues um so so quarterback is taking uh i think a a bigger piece of uh of kind of uh mattering to a fantasy football uh roster construction the advancement of like super flex and two quarterback leagues is definitely necessary there's just too many viable quarterbacks that are that are capable of being uh, contributing fantasy points that are comparable to the, like the, the best players in the league uh, versus roster spots in one quarterback leagues that you had to make a uh, some kind of format that that, that did increase the value of quarterbacks because even if you look at guys like Josh Allen last year he still had two players produce you know ninety percent of his output Tom Brady and Justin Herbert so you look at Jonathan uh, Jonathan Taylor in that same context uh, you know he scored ten more points than the eleventh highest scoring running back Josh Allen only scored you know, four points per game more than the 11th highest scoring quarterback, you know? So it's like the, the gap still exists. So you need to get more of these guys on the, on your lineups, you know, in terms of quarterbacks, so you need multiple guys. Uh, so if you're still playing in one quarterback leagues, I still advise like, Hey, add some more nuance to the leagues, because if you're still in one quarterback leagues, uh, you know, you still want to wait, not really be in on that early quarterback train, because even the, having the best quarterback, if you had Josh Allen, he still provides, the least amount of positional leverage is having the top score at running back wide receiver or tight end. Uh, but the one thing that has changed the last couple of years, if you look at, I'll put the nerd hat on for a minute. Uh, Let's do it. Look That's at, what this it, show's it, for. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you, you look at how we've been able to draft quarterbacks in fantasy football and we either, we've either been really lucky or we're getting really efficient at it. So looking at like the, the R scare, R squared, the, the correlation returns like ADP in position and points per game uh, the last two years. So in 2020, it had an R squared of basically 49%. So just 49% of all points per game could be correlated back to positional ADP. Last year, it jumped up to 58%. The whole 10 years prior, it was just 21%. We're just not getting a lot of those old school late round. It's made going late round quarterback even harder, like JJ like introduced, because we're not getting those guys from the bottom of the barrel like able to produce. 2020 really had Justin Herbert as the only guy, and he really wasn't even drafted in any leagues. Uh, he was picked up off waivers because he wasn't even the starter to start the season. He was really only a 2QB hold. Uh, and then last year, we just had one guy drafted outside of the top 12 be a top 12 quarterback in points per game. It was Joe Burrow, who was the ADP of QB 13. So there wasn't even another late round guy either. So we've either gotten really lucky or we're getting really good at setting the market at quarterback uh, right now. So, I mean, it makes one of those things that if you don't want to get Josh Allen necessarily, you don't want to be the first in line to get a quarterback. But you also don't want to now go to the bottom of the barrel because it hasn't really paid off the last couple of years. Yeah, that's it's really interesting because I think we are, and I think we'll we'll do a, a credit to you, uh, Rich Rebar here, uh, the, uh, the with the Konami code. I think we're we're <laughs> we're identifying those quarterbacks right because for yeah. a really long time, those types of guys were. Or kind of like the the market inefficiency, right? Mm-hmm. When you had you know the fantasy players were you know drafting the you know the the Tom Brady's and and the like, and, and Brady's you know it's still going to be putting up the five thousand fantasy points until he's ninety four years old. Um, but you would have a guy like we'll say you know we'll go back to last year like a, a Jalen Hurts. Like if this was a couple of years ago, you know Jalen Hurts would not have been drafted where he is. But now because of you know, people like Rich. Um, you know, we have identified that skill set, uh, and Jalen Hurts becomes a highly drafted fantasy commodity because we know that plays well and that that scores well. So I think finding the inefficiencies and kind of the edges at quarterback is a lot harder, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're gonna have to pour one out pretty soon because the number fire domain is uh, is us up. Like the so like the that Konami card article that came out in 2013 is going to cease to exist pretty soon here. Uh, so if you want to go check that out, please do. But it's been kind of like manipulated and, and touched upon ad nauseum since. But you mean to look at it last year? I mean, their quarterback rushing went down a little bit, but everything went down in the NFL last year compared to 2020. I also put an article on the site about that this past week too. Uh, but it still is among the like the, the all time like league highs, like in terms of percent of NFL rushing attempts, designed rushing attempts, rushing yards produced, rushing touchdowns. Like quarterbacks are still occupying a larger uh, percentage of those types of opportunities than ever before in NFL history. And that's something that's really not going to change. It's just because more athletes are playing the position than ever. I mean, even you see this class that come in, which no one like really likes, but they're all good athletes and they're all guys who have like a, a smattering of collegiate rushing performances. I mean, Malik Willis, obviously the, the tools guy, but you know, Sam Howell ran for 800 yards last year. Matt Corral has been a, has had good rushing performance. Desmond Ritter has like one of the highest RAS scores in, in like, you know, since that, that math bomb's been doing that site. Uh, so all these guys are just better athletes and they're all playing position more. So now when you have guys now, it used to be like, you'd have like Tim Tebow, right. Who was like the crux of the article. Like you can have this perceived bad quarterback that can be a good fantasy option because of the way the scoring is set up for rushing points for quarterbacks. 
But now you're starting to get guys that are good with mobility and then can also throw. You know, you're getting Josh Allen, who's giving you, you know, top six rushing points, but also throwing 35 touchdowns and throwing for 4,000 yards. And like, it's just turned those guys into just juggernauts. Like, you can't really combat those guys. Uh, and you're seeing like guys like, you know, Kyler Murray and, you know, you've you mentioned about Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts was so good last year for fantasy and he was an awful passer. Like, and we're expecting him to be improved because you add a guy like Arthur Wan. And like now, if he if he does approach thirty touchdowns, thirty five touchdowns, like he's gonna just soar even higher. You know, guys like Lamar Jackson is MVP season. Like you can't combat those types of runners when they're paired with elite passing numbers too. It just it's just too hard. Yeah, and and we're seeing that just across the league with with so many guys. I mean, we're they're getting to the point where, like you said, um, you know, quarterbacks without mobility are are becoming the minority here and that is kind of bumping up all of uh all of these um you know uh, fantasy assets and i think if we you know we jump into um kind of maybe we can start with just like your your top 10 here for uh, what we have in in 2022 like all, all pretty much all of these guys are going to be um you know able to run and then they're getting you know, even you know, you look at all right. So let's let's run through your your top ten real quick. It's Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, uh, and then number ten is is Trey Lance. And you know, we can you know dive into with some of these um, a little bit. And like, there's you know the the Trey Lance uh, discussion. I think he you know falls into what the the Jalen Hurts thing was last year, where we don't really know exactly what he's going to be as a quarterback or a thrower. We we saw very limited samples of what he was able to do. But if he gets on the field, he's going to be able to run. And so fantasy wise, uh, that is, that's going to produce. And and we see that all throughout like the top ten, right? Like even you know Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes. We're not talking about those guys as you know runners are not really you know neither of those offenses are designing uh you know quarterback runs for them like even a josh allen or or lamar jackson or kyler murray but uh, those guys are able to pick up uh, a lot of yards uh, on the ground when they need to um and especially like in in the red zone we'll we'll see that a little bit in some of those rushing touchdowns right so um you know we're, we're just seeing that all all over the the quarterback rankings here yeah, and even those guys that are great passers like Herbert and Mahomes, like they're going to give you like 300 to 400 rushing yards and a couple touchdowns a year. Whereas, you know, guys like Brady and Stafford are basically net zeros in the rushing department. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers at this point is career too. Aaron Rodgers used to be pretty mobile early in his career, but he's la- this last wave here, he's not, he's not really running anymore. Um, and so, like, what you're only out for those players because those are still fine players. I'm not, I, I'll take Tom Brady in the league when he falls and Matthew Stafford and, and Aaron Rodgers. But you're only out for those types of players in terms of like combating the seasons that we talked about prior is you have to run into like 40 plus touchdowns and flirt with 5,000 yards. Like they have to be, they have to perform at just a high level in terms of raw passing numbers because you're not getting any of those anchor points. I mean, the whole crux of the, you know, the rushing weight is that, you know, uh, you, you need, you uh, a 40 rushing yards is worth a passing touchdown, right? And, and, your basic fantasy scoring uh you know just adding you know just you get a point for every you get a tenth of a point for every rushing yard so you get 0.4 points for every passing yard 0.04 so there's a big gap so you just get this weighted scoring and it's hard for the passers to really make that up unless they're performing at such a level that they can't come you know that 
that's just like the highest apex outcome. Like that's where they have to, to be. Whereas you get just more leeway with the other guys that maybe aren't as good as passers. And that used to be the big break was people were like, well, I'm not drafting this guy. He's a bad role at quarterback, but who cares? Uh, that, that's basically my entire brand. But like I said, that margin's <laughs> been cut off a little bit these past couple of years, because like you said, that archetype has been pushed up uh, and we push things out. I mean, there are a lot of guys I like this year. And that's why I always emphasize why you should play two quarterback leagues and why your league should go to it. Uh, you know, guys like Derek Carr, I like Kirk Cousins, I like Tua Tungabayola. Like, it's I'm I'm on the pro side of those players, but when you look at just a linear list, it's hard to have them over those guys that are going to give you like all that rushing production. Even a guy like Justin Fields, who like everyone has dunked on a situation, but has Justin Fields' situation actually gotten worse than last year? I'm not really sure. And when you look at the last five games Justin Fields played last year, he was a top 12 scorer in four of those five games because he 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 started running. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, it's one of these things too, like even a guy like Justin Fields, who looks like he's in a terrible situation, maybe isn't a great passer, but he still has this anchor, uh, of, of, of an outlet to points that these other guys that are really good passers, or maybe they acquired a bunch of new weaponry, like, like a Derek Carr has, but they just aren't going to give you any rushing production. And those guys on a weekly level, like they have to be perfect to, 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 to register as top scorers. And that's what makes it tough. Yeah, and I think when you know you look at guys like you know, Brady and Stafford, like you talked about, I think one of those things is um, you know Stafford's going to have the the high A dot, right? We kind of talked about that a lot throughout the season the last year, and that's where so much of that passing value uh, came from. Um, and you know, Brady, I'm interested to see what that Tampa Bay offense is going to look like um, this year. Um, with you know Byron Lefwich now really calling the shots, although you know it was always some combination of of Lefwich and and Brady and Arians, um, but with Arians gone now, like that that was the most pass heavy offense in the league last year. Um, Brady was throwing an, an incredible amount, and that's where his pass value uh, came from. And uh, so that so that's where like when you're looking at those guys, what they're going to be able to um, kind of bring back there. But so. You look at Brady, I mean, he didn't have as good as he was last year. There wasn't any week he was the highest scorer among quarterbacks. And, you know, it's just it's just so hard. He has to be so good. Uh, he had a number of top three weeks, but, you know, just, just to be the highest scorer, and you think about that from, like, a DFS perspective, right, or, like, having, like, an optimal lineup, uh, you know, he, he's just not it's, – it's so hard for even a guy like Tom Brady, as lead as he was last year, throwing 43 touchdowns in 5,300 yards – uh, it's just so hard to still crack that dam because if you're not getting any Russian production to cap down. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and you know, he is the, basically the, the outlier in the top 10. We have, you know, you have Stafford at, at 11. Um, and I think like uh, if we look at, you know, the, the top 12, because that's kind of where you usually look for, for the quarterbacks because you have you know, mostly 12 team leagues, uh, right? So the, the top 12 are usually, you know, what are, are considered the QB ones. Uh, we have, you have Dak Prescott as uh, QB 12 right now. And, and he's, you know, one of those guys that's kind of in the middle too. And we kind of saw after, you know, some of his injuries wasn't running quite as much. Um, again, wow. in- interested to see what that passing looks like. There's um, a couple of guys. I think Burroughs like that off the ACL yep. because I, his rookie year showed more mobility. And then last year, obviously he didn't run, but he ran a little bit in the playoffs. And I wonder if he'll run more this year than we saw him run last year. Dak's another great one because that coming off the ankle injury, I mean, he had career lows in rushing output. He basically wasn't a, a mobile quarterback at all last year. So, like, does that bounce back with the year removed from injury? Um, and we don't know what, like, will happen to Deshaun Watson, but he's another one of those dual-threat guys 
that can get in the mix too here. Yeah, and it's like we're we're seeing some of these you new know, situations, and I th- it's probably you know interesting if you look at like the the Burrow and and Dak when you're going to be looking at their running. Um, you could make the argument that a better offensive line will allow Burrow to maybe run a little more um, and be more a little effective running uh, because when we did see him like run in the playoffs, it was it was running out of necessity, right? And then that wasn't always uh, a lot of space to be running it and getting you know like effective yards. Um, and then you can look at Dak. Dak might be in a situation where with the offensive line is kind of has deteriorated a little bit over the past couple years. Um, he might be in the situation where he does have to run a little more because like out of, out of necessity. Um, so there's, there's kind of a, a little bit of uh, both ways there. If you're trying to kind of project some of what these guys are going to be doing uh, for running. Um, so if we're looking at, you know, that, that top 10, 12 um you know i'm not sure like how much is you know it's super interesting to dive into because i think we kind of know there's two questions i want to ask are. you from like a real football perspective sure one is on justin herbert the there seems to be this notion that now because you wrote this article on the site about the chargers defense there mm-hmm. seems to be this notion that because the chargers defense is better that brandon Staley is going to be less aggressive which i don't believe do you believe it no no, not yeah. at all. I, I, that's a I, big thing that's going around, though, is that because the, the, the he yeah, was aggressive because the defense was bad. They didn't trust the defense. Yeah. Well, they're so yeah. sure that was that was part of it, but also I think they found that being uh, aggressive, you know, that helped them out. And I think Brandon Staley is one of those guys that understands the edges in um right. in going for for those fourth downs. So even if they go for it, like a little bit less maybe which i i also don't buy i don't think they're you know going to be going significantly less right so um even if they're a little less aggressive right they're not going to be dropping down to like one of the most conservative teams in the league like that's also not going to happen um and i also kind of expect them to to open up the offense a little more just in general you know we spent a lot of time during the season talking about their early down passing um and how that was such like low a dot on first and second down um and then you have kind of a a third and medium third and long that you're forcing yourself into and then you let justin herbert beat god on third down and that's where they got like all of their offensive production for for most of the year so i think we'll see that opened up also i so i don't think we'll see as many you know third and mediums third and longs so that'll probably have fewer fourth downs uh when they need to go so i'm um, you know this offense was already like you know top seven in in epa per per drop back or epa per play really because they were so good a lot of that was uh what herbert was able to do on third downs when they kind of let him loose uh, i would expect a little bit more of that on early downs this year um so i, I would expect them to to just be a, a better offense and i don't think like it I don't see in any way where they're going to be like more conservative, where it's going to drop off Justin Herbert's production in any way. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I mean, to me, he's my favorite. Like if I'm taking the field versus Josh Allen, because we're never going to be the guy that takes the quarterback first, unless it's a super flex league. Uh, Cause there's just no reason to. And the last time a quarterback has led the NFL in points per in points per game for three years in a row at quarterback was Brett Favre in 1995, 1997. So if we're going to take like the odds of Josh Allen being able to operate at that apex 
you know, we're going to take someone else in the field. I like Herbert for that, that bet. He gives you a little bit of rushing. You get that high touchdown upside, and then you have he plays with an aggressive coach who I think is going to be aggressive still. I like him. But uh, the only other guy I can see to talk about at the top is probably Trey Lance, right? Yeah. And I feel like we probably have to a little bit. I mean, you, you have him 10th. And uh, I guess there's still, I, I guess we can, you know, put this aside where there's questions if right. he's going to be the starter or not because Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. Um, mostly because, you know, between the, the surgery he had to fix uh, the shoulder um, and basically, I, I think we're, we've uh, talked about this also with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and Baker Mayfield to an extent. There is a big difference between being able to move those guys and teams wanting to take on that type of salary um you know earlier in the off season and there's a much different conversation with that in the middle of may where teams uh, also like we kind of saw how they did not like this quarterback class and we saw that like to the extreme um you know from where these guys got drafted um everyone kind of at least even if it wasn't a good option everyone had an option right so they weren't no no one has been desperate to to add a quarterback and i think that kind of stopped the the jimmy garoppolo and baker mayfield trades from from happening when they could have and probably in another offseason it probably would have happened by now so if we put the that part to the side for trey lance like it were and we see him on the field like you were right where in in fantasy terms like that that it's going to be good and even in um even in like terms of of what he did on the field so he wasn't you know the greatest passer right um he had a significantly lower um uh completion percentage uh than what garoppolo did but in terms of like the highlight plays right it wasn't all that different um and for what we saw uh between um like when he was on the field i think we we did see a a little bit of of running there i think we kind of saw what he really you know could do i and why he was drafted right we saw so much of um and it was so much of that running and in the red zone, right? And that's what's going to really matter um, in fantasy. And I think when you know you you look at it, uh, he still averaged zero point one three EPA per dropback last year, right? No, with only a fifty seven point seven percent completion percentage. Um, but you know, so much of those big plays, he like uh, nine point two seven a dot, um, eight point five yards per attempt, and like that was schemed up a little bit, but I think when we see like what Jimmy Garoppolo did, like so much of that was in the middle of the field yards after the catch. I think you can still put those into the offense for Trey Lance um, where he's going to get those schemed up. And then he still has those like shots to the outside that you know we talked about when he was drafted, like that's kind of what he adds to that offense. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot of upside there. And even if it might, might take a, a little bit, of time to really gel on the field. Like that's exactly what you want to be targeting for, for fantasy. So there's going to be uh, all that upside there. Uh, if you're targeting him to be like one of those, you know, back end QB ones. 
I mean, the way this offseason has moved, it reminds me exactly what we did with Jalen Hurts last year. And, you know, there are other similar corollaries that draw to like Lamar Jackson in 2019 and Josh Allen in 2020. These guys that are perceived just be like terrible passers, but they offer you this rushing upside. Uh, and there's some fragility there. So they fall to like this like back end QB1, high QB2 area, and they end up being just supreme values. And I feel like the, this situation very much overlaps what we did with Hurts because everyone got excited because of the lesson we learned from Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen the previous two years. And Jalen Hurts opened up with a lot of steam last offseason. And then people started talking themselves out of it. They're like, well, maybe the Eagles will draft the guy. Uh, then in August, they trade for Gardner Minshew. And like Jalen Hurts ends up slipping. People get cold feet. People start putting one foot in, one foot out. And he ends up still doing what we expected him to do, have this high rushing floor, uh, be a strong fantasy contributor in that ilk and, you know, getting the points that way. So I feel like that's still the floor. So there's no reason for me still not to value that floor. And then if you have any type of upside, uh, that's just going to blow the doors off of it. Lance barely played last year, but he still was, he led all quarterbacks in point fantasy points per drop back in a sample that he played. Like that still happened. Um, and then you talk about his situation. He's just so insulated more than like, even a guy like Jalen Hurts was last year. We talked about it during the season last year. It took Nick Sirianni eight weeks to kind of figure out what that offense even was going to be. Yeah. Uh, you know, now you're getting a situation where we hopefully, fingers crossed, he still has Debo Samuel. He still has George Kittle. He has Brandon Ayuk. He has arguably one of the best like play designers and play callers in the league. I think Kyle Shannon has a lot of other faults outside of this in terms of GMing and, and, and coaching and uh, you know coach management. But he has all the insulation that a lot of those other guys didn't have too. I mean, the, probably the one guy you could draw back to that you knew that if he got to play, they were going to put him in optimal optimal position from organizational stance was Lamar in 2019. I feel very similar to that about Trey Lance. I'm also just bullish. He's going to start in week one. You kind of hit the head nail on the head. I mean, there's a like Garoppolo being on the four years right now should not be a surprise to anybody. He's $24 million if traded to anybody right now. Sure. There's a restructure element, but that's still a hypothetical. Uh, and then he had a shoulder surgery. And he also has a hand injury. Like there's and and honestly, like when you look at the Jimmy Garoppolo top down, he's more valuable to the 49ers than probably yeah, what 28 of of 32 NFL teams. Like so, I mean, his his maximum value still is tied to the 49ers. So it's not a surprise he's not on a team, same as Baker, you know, carrying that his in Baker's salary, you know, being fully guaranteed and him having a uh, shoulder surgery himself, a non-throwing shoulder, but there's a reason these guys haven't been traded. And the whole league knows they need to trade these guys, right? Like you had already signed Deshaun Watson. You had already spent three first-round picks on Trey Lance. Like the league knows you need to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo on top of all these other things. You're not going to maximize any type of value or return on that. So it's not a surprise Garoppolo's there. i also be surprised if he remains on the 49ers under his current contract. For the 49ers to enter this season with him as a $27 million cap, it would be egregious, especially because we've talked about this. The cap rolls over in the NFL. You assumably are trying to sign Debo Samuel to a monster extension, and you also have Nick Bosa, who's going to get monster money. So, like, having a $27 million backup makes absolutely no damn sense. Like, maybe there's a restructure where Garoppolo, like, stays with the 49ers, but I still don't think we'll see him just hold this contract coming into the season either so i'm still very bullish he's going to start week one and i guess like the one thing you can say with lance is that maybe he's he starts out and just flames and they have to go to something else if grapple remains on the roster that's maybe the one thing but i'm still gonna at quarterback position in a one quarterback league 
I'm always going to have outs at quarterback. There's always going to be usable quarterbacks. So I'm still going to swing on the floor plus upside. And then if that fails and flames, I'm just going to go pick up, like we said, a Derek Carr or, you know, maybe a Zach Wilson is playing well that time or anyone else on waivers because that's always going to be available to me. Yeah, absolutely. And like even when we saw last year, right, when when he was in, like the, the passing wasn't like super great and it wasn't insanely consistent right so garoppolo when he was in 68.3 percent completion percentage trey lance was only 57.7 um but uh like i said before trey lance 8.5 yards per attempt um jimmy garoppolo 8.6 yards per attempt right so they're it's going to look very different right and i think with lance for right now like even if he is what he is with like without much development it's you know you're not hitting as consistently it's not going to be the high completion percentage stuff but the upside on what he does complete is what's going to you know give those um give value in the passing game and that he's you know such a a better runner like we saw him when he was you know coming in for jimmy garoppolo like there were red zone packages for him and i think like we'll continue to see that as he's Mm -hmm. the starter like you're you're not pulling Trey Lance off the field to bring in a Trey Lance like Trey Lance is, is already on the field. So I think we'll we'll see some of more of that. Um, and that that opens up a lot of like the the red zone play calling that they could potentially do. So I think there's there's a there is a lot of upside uh, for Lance, especially in fantasy and and when he gets on the field for like real football situations. Um, so I, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had and, and a similar one uh with with justin fields right uh you have mm-hmm. him ranked you know 15th and you kind of hinted at that before which is higher than the market right now like if you're playing if right, you're so, right now i mean this is my brand we've talked about it with the konami code like it's still an inefficiency we're still seeing it right with trey lance and with justin fields absolutely and so i, I think we <laughs> you know the the justin fields conversation is it's interesting. It's a little tiring um, because, like, he was not bad last year, right? There was an offensive line that uh, collapsed around him a lot. He did take a lot of sacks. Um, it, I don't think he had a, a choice a lot. And, and some of those he did the force on himself. Uh, it, sure, like, he could have gotten the ball out a little quicker. But I think when you, like, continue to look at the offense, there there were not a lot of easy outs. Right. And I think with what they're bringing in with Luke Getze, that are kind of like it's that, you know, Shanahan type of, you know, wide zone system. We're going to see more, you know, boot action, which I think is going to help him run a little bit. He could take off there. I think that's going to open up like some more completions going to move the pocket that that does kind of, um, you know, it, it hides the offensive line a, a little bit when when you need that. And I think they're just going to be more easy outs for fields and that offense. So even if he isn't, you know, throwing to, um, you know, the, the greatest collection of pass catchers in the league, I think there are going to be ways there. Th- production is going to be schemed open a little bit. And again, if we're talking about strictly fantasy, like, he's he's going to have that upside also because we do see he is a really good runner when he can get into the open field he just didn't have a lot of those opportunities last year we saw when he did like there were some highlight runs um and i just think like the offense is going to suit his skill set a a little more and i think we're kind of harping a little too much on who he is throwing to uh when uh like the 
the production I think is is going to be there because I think he's still uh, going to be able to push the ball down the field, which again, some of those higher value throws are going to come from like, this isn't going to be, you know, a, a 75% completion percentage on, on four yard passes. I don't think we're going to see that version of an offense. Like that's just not who Justin Fields is as a passer. So it, it is similar to Lance in a sense where he's going to be throwing deeper uh, a little more, but when those passes are completed, they're going to be high value. And that, that running upside is just, it's, it's there. And I think it's going to be, um, it, we're going to see it leaned on more, I think a little bit in this version of the offense than whatever was going on in Chicago last year. Yeah, and I just think, you know, the obviously the story of the Bears, and, you know, we just did a podcast last week where I even dunked on their approach in the draft. You know, I mean, that's gotten so much steam that it's pushed fields down to where he's the value uh, in from a fantasy stance. Because, like I said, to open, I mean, is this really situation still worse than last year? I don't believe that. I mean, I don't believe that the, the, the there's really that different, right? And it, it, yeah. could, be, it could actually be improved uh, over what it was last year when he played. Uh, you know, I definitely don't think it's significantly worse, though, than when he played. And we saw him his last five games. He's a top 12 scorer in four of those five games. The only one he wasn't, he was knocked out of the game at halftime. And it was strictly because he ran the football out. He's averaging 56 rushing yards per game out stretch. And like you said, when he does complete passes and when he does throw, he was he was hitting these these longer plays. I mean, he led the NFL in air yards per completion you know, um, when he did complete throws last year. So that still exists too uh, as an upside. If you just give him some more bunnies to smooth out, like I believe Luke Getzi's offense will, uh, I think that there still is a lot higher floor here with upside than people are crediting it to right now. But I get it. It's getting dragged right now. So, I mean, he's one of these guys I'm targeting at this point in the offseason because he could rise. Um, it's all about, too, when you're drafting and you know, when the news is coming on. You know, now, like we saw a video where Tua – through a hat, a pass in a bucket hat, you know, to Tyreek Hill. And like, everyone's like, oh, oh shit, too, is like a terrible fit with Tyreek. Uh, but like, I mean, th- this is stuff that moves markets though in like short spans. So like when you're drafting right now, like there's a little bit of discount now on Tyreek Hill, on Jalen Waddle, on Tua. Uh, th- these are things that happen. We're only hitting that season now where social media is going to have the rookie OTAs, Two years ago, C.D. Lamb made a one-handed catch in rookie OTAs, and like his ADP like shot up like that week. It was just th- these are things that are going to manipulate markets. <laughs> I I I don't know if I can do it. There's, there's <laughs> I mean, <laughs> too much. That was the only thing on Twitter yesterday was that Tua video. That was I mean, it. It's, it's that thirsty. Was that just shows you how thirsty. I mean, the NFL is rolling out like a. They've been rolling out their schedule release for like two weeks. This is the conglomerate that this thing has turned into. <laughs> the thirst Uh, is so real man (laughs) i mean yeah we're we're, like i said we're we're talking quarterback fantasy rankings in in may so yeah we're we're certainly a a part of that but yeah but the other rookies i kind of want to talk to you about the last year's rookies too because sure you know we've talked about lance we talked about fields like how where are you right now on zach wilson the player uh versus like the infrastructure like it's clearly all the 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 argument now for zach wilson is the jets have given him everything it's sink or swim time do you think he's gonna swim though yeah uh, that's probably very up in the air i think because i i i I, we kind of like hit on this at, at a point last year i think that offense was really well coordinated last year uh, and again, like they they didn't have you know a, a Garrett Wilson or as evidence when he didn't play. 
<laughs> right. Like, yeah, when, you, when you're scheming up Mike White to have, like, the most efficient game of the, the 2021 season. Um, no, but, like, that, I think that offense, like, what you would want from, like, one of those type of, like, wide zone, um, you know, it the Ola Floor brother is is the one coordinating it. Um, I think there were, like, they had answers last year, um, and he just, like, wasn't really able to um, – to to hit like what really should have been uh, a much better offense uh, than it was at the time. And so um, I think like when you look at it and to only be completing uh, 55.6% of, uh, of passes in that uh, type of offense. And, and in his a dot was only, you know, like a 7.57, which uh, is, you know, not very high again, like that's a, that's a Justin Fields uh, type of completion percentage. Fields completed 58.9% uh, of his passes. Um, and Fields was throwing a, a 9.8 a dot. Um, so like we, you can see like where, where the difference is there. And so, um, you know, and Wilson was one of those guys like in college was kind of like throwing a bunch of YOLO balls. And uh, I think you can kind of they come back to some of that where, you know, BYU was just like so much better than everyone they were playing. Uh, and I think he can kind of get away with that. So I think this year is going to be kind of figuring out a lot of what he can get away with the having some of the, you know, smarter throws and, and some of those, like, I think they will try to rely on, you know, Garrett Wilson after the catch a little more. Uh, I think you can maybe get Corey Davis into that, like potentially like number two role that we, like we talked about, you know, two years ago when, like that was his best role in, in Tennessee um, mm-hmm. when he was able to, you know, have some of those like really schemed open uh, throws down the field when AJ Brown was taking so much of the, um, the, the defense's attention. Um, and that's where Corey Davis kind of was at his best. And I don't think they were able to use that last year because they didn't have the other wide receiver to do that. So, um, you know, yeah, like you said, they're, they have more pieces in place, but I think they had enough pieces last year where like that shouldn't have really been the issue. Like I, I think of, you know, the, the rookie quarterbacks who got like put into situations, like I kind of like Zach Wilson's was, was not the worst. Um, and, but, but he played like it. Um, so I, I think there's, there's still a lot up in the air uh, for, for, I think like what he could do. Yeah, he's one of the guys I've been looking at. He's starting to get. He's doing the opposite of like we talked about Fields and the situation coming out of the draft. How people feel about the Bears has sunk Fields' perception, but we see Wilson climb inversely by the Jet situation, uh, which is yeah, which is I, I think would, is, <laughs> which is interesting. Still, like given what they did last year, like I'd still think Fields is a better quarterback in in real life, um, and and definitely in fantasy. Yeah, I mean that's how I'm still handling them. I mean, I, I'm always I'm not someone that's always super contrarian, but uh, there are still things where I, I feel like it, so the market is really kind of missing the boat on some things here. <sighs> yeah, and and that's certainly that's certainly yeah going to be one of them where I think we, uh, as a you know uh, a football uh, watching or analyzing uh, the group you like we will see things like that. And I think like, Oh, we all want Zach Wilson to be good like that. That would be like way more fun. Um, But I think sometimes like in those senses, like we're, we're willing things a little more than like what the actual reality is. Um, And then I I think the, you know, when we look at, so you have, 
you have Wilson uh, 19th. And I think like that's a, you know, an, an interesting spot in, in that like middle section of, of what you have right now. Like a lot of passers that are kind of, you know, about the save. And I think it kind of shows, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, uh, you yeah, know, when you that area of like ranks, you almost don't, you almost just need one number for all of them. Right. Like, you know, so a like, lot of yeah. people will see the linear list of like 19, 20, 21, 22. It could just be like QB 19 and then like have like the next six guys. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Fantasy wise, like these are the same quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Derek Carr, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz. Um, those are your guys from, from 16 to 23. And like on the field, uh, you know, a, a little different. Oh, um, yeah. But but fantasy wise, uh, they're they're all pretty much doing uh, about the same thing. Yeah, and you might have some more stability from a guy like Cousins and Carr from a passing stance, but like you're just not getting enough ceiling performances from those guys to really tilt weeks. They're better. They just have, like I said, more elevation. I keep you know not wanting to harp on this, but play with multiple quarterbacks in your leagues. It's going to make those guys a lot more viable than Derek Carrs and the Kirk Cousins of the world. Like when you have, like when I'm in a one quarterback league, I'm never scared of Kirk Cousins. I'm never scared of Derek Carr. I'm not going to be scared of Tua. I'm just like, they're not going to, they're just not going to, I'm not going to be scared of missing out on those guys is what I mean. You know what I mean? So like, but if you need two quarterback league, those are really viable players because they're going to be a lot more consistent than some of the guys we talked about. The Zach Wilson's uh, probably Trevor Lawrence, the Daniel Jones's, right. They're just going to, they're going to have a lot more stability, but they're also just aren't going to have the spike weeks to a lot of the players that we talked about before we got to these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And like Kirk Cousins is a, you know, always a, a fun conversation where like, I mean, he gets he dragged. Just, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's just fine with everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm actually excited about the Vikings in general. I don't know if you are because I, they really didn't fix the defense a ton and like, they're going to run a lot more 11 personnel, obviously, you know, now the new thing is the McVay. We talk about the Shanahan tree, but the new thing is the McVay tree. So they're going to run a lot more 11 personnel, probably have some more passing volume, not just be this like, with the offense the Vikings have been the past couple of years where it's just like run, run, play action pass, take deep shots. Kirk Cousins has been really efficient throwing downfield to Justin Jefferson and throwing in the red zone to Adam Thielen. Like they might do some more fun things this year. Yeah, I, I think so. And, um, you know, again, I'm going to be, um, yeah, we're continuing to, to go. It's super nerdy here, but at, at the combine, I, I asked, um Kevin O'Connell about like how and, and I'm, what I'm really interested in is how like they're going to run some of their empty packages right because uh the Vikings were one of the higher teams in uh in running empty last year I think it was uh it was like Stafford Burrow Cousins um and then but it w- was so different right because what the Rams were doing and we nerded out I will I, I I'll, I'll put it on me I nerded about this a lot um during <laughs> during season uh, is how different those packages were because with the Rams they trusted that offensive line they trusted Stafford so all of those empty packages were pushing the ball down the field and, and Stafford had one of the higher a dots and they were getting like explosive plays but when you see like what the Bengals were doing um you know, it was protecting Burrow from that offensive line, getting the ball out quickly. Uh, it was such a low A dot, and that's how they were using empty. the The Vikings were were kind of in the middle. They were trying some of that downfield stuff because you know Cousins can throw the ball down the field. You do have Justin Jefferson who allows you to do that, but their offensive line was also so bad last year. Um, they had one of the highest pressure rates when when they were in empty, uh, and just in general. So, um, 
I, I asked Kevin O'Connell about like what what the balance is between wanting to push the ball down the field and having you know the offensive line. Um, and he said, yeah, it, it is an interesting thing that that you do have to you know think about. But I do expect them to again you know be in empty quite a bit. I do think that's going to help. Uh, Nick Kirk's passing uh, a little bit. I do think like there are some big plays that could potentially be there. And just from a, you know, a a real football standpoint, I think that's one of the more fascinating places of where that offense could potentially evolve. Uh, And I think just the Vikings in general are probably going to be better than I think a lot of people think this year. I mean, they got all the, they got all the fun pieces on offense. I mean, listen, we know it's a lot of talk to say, yeah, but still Kirk Cousins is stuck here, but I mean, He's still like one of the best guys in that area. Yeah, for like the the <laughs> tier like two B or or whatever you want to call it, like he's he's fine. Again, you probably like don't want to be paying him, you know, the forty million dollars a year, which is like what you'll eventually <laughs> get to uh, when you're you know building a roster and what, for what what Cousins is is projected to make right now. But yeah, he's. Well, yeah. Well, we got Cousins, Car. Well, Car actually, his deal was actually pretty affordable, and then Tannehill's at like thirty-eight million. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, that's that's the interesting thing, and maybe we'll like wrap up by by talking about some of these situations with with some of the the twenty twenty two rookies because there there is a potential where some of these guys are, are going to play. Um, I think Malik Willis is probably the lowest of like the big, I guess we'll, we'll say big four, I guess. Although, you know, the big we'll say relatively, but like the, the top four of the rookies um, this year, which uh, Willis, uh, Ritter, Pickett, and I guess uh, Corral just because of his situation, right? Yep. Um, and, and those are the guys you, you do have ranked uh, right now. So if we look at your rankings, you currently have Pickett at 28. Uh, Ritter at 33, Corral at 34. Um, so I, I, th- I think the only guy we'll, we'll probably expect is I, actually, I, I don't know. Like these are, these are probably what are going to be fluid rankings because if these guys are starting mm-hmm. week one, um, right. you know, all of them have the rushing upside that you would look for to kind of, you know, give a little boost in that area. Right. So like if these guys are starting, it's very unlikely they're going to be, you know, the 28th quarterback um, if they're on the field, just because they, even if they do struggle passing and given what they did in college and the type of prospects they were, they probably will uh, to start off. Um, But they're all going to have, you know, some of that fantasy upside you would potentially look for. Yeah, absolutely. These guys, I mean, are going to, well, Pickett's going to start sooner than later. He may just outright win the job in week one. So him being a first round pick obviously is going to push him be, having the most probability of starting this year. But you touch on it like it, it, the odds that the Falcons are good enough to at least not see what they have in Desmond Ritter before going into a 2023 draft where they might attack quarterback again. It's probably going to happen. And the same thing for the Panthers, right? Like, you know, the, the Panthers are probably going to be in a spot where they just don't win enough real football games to where they're going to at least see what they have in Matt Crocs. They're going to need to know going into 2023 if there's anything there for these guys. Same thing we saw with the Eagles a couple years ago, right? When they took Jalen Hurts in the second round. Uh, as ironic as the, the these guys fell in the draft, they still all kind of went to the spots we thought they might go, right? Like the, right. the teams that might take quarterbacks. So it kind of worked out that way outside of, you know, Malik Willis probably as the toughest runway to start uh, this season. But I fully expect both Ritter and Corral to make starts this year just based on 
the situation that their their real life teams just won't win enough games for them not to take a look at some point at them uh, this season. So if you're in those two quarterback leagues, like those are guys you're gonna try to stash right at the end of the at the end of your draft and try to get them on your rosters because they're probably going to make starts this year. Yeah, you would think so, and you know, uh, you know, at least having you know a, a Desmond Ritter or a um, uh, or even a Macarrow, it's it's more interesting than I think having a you know a, a Davis Mills or or a Jared Goff or, or a Drew Locke, um, who are like the quarterbacks you have ranked around the same place, which is probably like right. in in a draft where they're going to be going. Uh, those are the quarterbacks that are going to be going around those areas. So. Uh, I, it's probably more fun to have uh, a little bit more invested in like a, a Desmond Ritter um, than it is. Uh, yeah, know. golf is kind of interesting. Just because I was so he... I I was I didn't <laughs> want to like I didn't know if I actually wanted to say that because like he kind of is. Well, I mean, he he has a productive. He actually you know has a re- under his on his resume a productive fantasy season too. So like we know that there is like a capability at least for him. I mean, he, he also runs the problem too, where he just doesn't run a lot too. And yeah. and if Jamison Williams really isn't, be re- I'm not buying anything. The Lions are pushing on Jamison Williams being ready like right away. Like he's the the start of the season has been less than nine months removed from his his surgery. Like. I I'm I'm gonna wait to see to see it to believe it that he's be ready, but he would um, open up a, a little portion of this offense here because right now Jared Goff's still top three targets. Amon Ross, St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, and TJ Hawkinson are still all relatively low ADOT players. So like he still has to be hyper efficient passing, have that touchdown value because you're not getting the rushing production. Uh, but the Lions are trending in a, a positive direction. You see a lot of these players for the Lions are drafted really highly. I mean. TJ Hawkinson is the top five tight end. Uh, DeAndre Swift's a top 10 running back. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's a top 30 wide receiver. And if you have Jamison Williams could potentially climb as the summer, the news progresses on him. So you have all these other assets and you have this quarterback going at like QB 25 and lower. Then you're saying, well, what's the gap here, man? If all these players are going to be good, doesn't he have to come along for the ride? But it's not necessarily true. We saw this with Eli Manning a few years ago. When uh, when Saquon was a first round pick, Odell was a first round pick. People still like Devin Ingram and like Eli Manning would be like QB twenty four. Like they don't necessarily have to get there because they don't get the rushing with the quarterbacks. But Jared Goff, I will say, at least is intriguing from a surrounding skill player stance than a lot of these guys. Uh, Kenny Pickett's maybe the only other guy in this area that you can say like, well, the rest of the players in this team are pretty good. Yeah, and again, like that, it's, we had a the Ben Roethlisberger conversation uh, about that also and it's yeah. it's kind of the, the same type of thing um but again like there is some there's some upside there and, and again like it with with the picky conversation it's also like there is a, a difference between what is going to play on the field and what plays in fantasy yeah. um if he is if he's running out of the pocket too early that's not going to work very well for like on the field production and sustaining good quarterback play um but he he's breaking the pocket and, and trying to scramble as, as soon as he possibly can like that's rushing yards for fantasy <laughs> so mm-hmm. um that that's kind of that that's a divide there and that's kind of you know the um you know the the separation of, of when we talk about what these these players are especially quarterback because like it, it this is the most this is where there there's the biggest difference between how we talk about them on the field as players in, in yeah. real football and in fantasy. Like there's, there's no place where the disconnect is more, I think, than, than quarterback. 
Yeah, I think that turns some people off, you know, football yeah. purists, and, you know, so be it. But uh, also, I love that it creates also an inefficiency. Uh, I like yeah. that. I like the chaos, man. I like it. Absolutely. Um, like, shout out to the old Bill Barnwell challenge, um, where, it, like, we had the, what was it, like, the, it was always, like, a Tyler Thigpen start, like, every week 17. And it's, like, if you if you threw him in, like, a championship lineup, Mm. Um, like that was, that was a challenge. And like, sometimes that worked out because like, you didn't need the great quarterback to, uh, to be lifting your teams to, uh, to a fantasy title. And we're, we're kind of coming back around on that because, you know, we have found ways to make quarterback matter, uh, a little bit more in, in fantasy scoring. And we, we do see like just those top guys that are, are rushing and, uh, can still have that. So, um, yeah, this, there we go. Uh, we're kind of full speed ahead here and, uh, starting to talk about some some fantasy footballs talking about you know some of these rankings and, and what we could you know potentially be seeing on the field um it's it's may but it's it's coming close yeah listen i'm excited i mean obviously this is my wheelhouse this is when i start moving really downhill uh but uh yeah i'm, I'm excited for it we're like so we're gonna have the whole landscape of the season kind of like all the foundations gonna be poured once these schedules come out and just fire up them drafts man go try to win two million dollars yeah, good. Go do some, some, do some best balls. Um, I mean, it's doing better. But I mean, might as well play some best balls instead of investing in crypto right now. Yeah, well, I would. I mean, I wouldn't suggest investing in crypto <laughs> at all. But uh, yeah, do do some best balls. It's at least yeah, at least you'll get some some more fun out of it. Um, yeah, so th- th- there we go. Um, that's our first dive into uh, some fantasy rankings. We'll we'll talk some more uh, about that uh, throughout the off season because uh, we we we're gonna have some time to kill uh, over <laughs> over the next uh, couple weeks when there's not a, really a lot of NFL news, at least not uh, NFL manufactured news. Yeah, we'll maybe we'll have some of that, or we'll just you know some of these podcasts are going to be an hour on a Jared Sidham trade. Uh, you know, we could have done that today. Um, so uh, again, we'll we'll be back with with some more fantasy stuff. Again, uh, we'll have Ryan McChrystal on some point. Start uh, diving into some betting stuff, and you know, there's going to be a a bunch of stuff coming up on on this podcast and on this channel. We're uh, you know you're bringing out a, a whole bunch of more content. And again, if you want more of Rich's you know fantasy content, it's all on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Uh, again, uh, positional rankings, we have dynasty rankings, have seasonal rankings, like all of this stuff uh, is up on the site right now, which you can find. Um, so you can also find Rich on Twitter at WordRooms. You can find me on them on Twitter at Uh Thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon.